Good morning, everyone. I'm Mike Lazinski, Director of Communications at the SUNY Charter Schools Institute and your host for the More Great Seats for Kids podcast, where we dive deep into the processes and practices that make SUNY Charter Schools rank among the highest achieving schools in the state and the country. Before we begin, if you like this or any of our past episodes, I want to ask you to take a moment to review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast feed. This will help us expand our reach and introduce new listeners to what we have to say about the Institute, our work, and the great successes of our SUNY charter schools. Today's guest is Maureen Foley, Director of New Charters at the Institute. Maureen is here to talk and explain the prior action process, all those requirements that new schools must complete in preparation for the first day of instruction. If you're a new school, this is the episode that will cut through the jargon and detail what you need to know in the lead up to day one, as well as how to prepare for the pre-opening visit. So let's dive in. Maureen, welcome. Thanks for having me, Mike. Absolutely. Uh, So let's cut to the chase. When we say prior action, what do we mean by that? Yeah, so the prior actions process is exactly what it says. Uh, It's a process through which the Institute gives its authorization to schools that are opening for the first time to commence instruction. It's essentially a two-part process. There is a series of documents that need to be submitted to the Institute by the school, um, and that usually takes place in the spring and summer leading up to the school's first day of instruction. And then the second part of the process is actually an on-site pre-opening visit, wherein a member of the Institute team comes to visit the school building and essentially does a facilities plant check and also just in checks to ensure that um, certain compliance-related measures have been taken by the school and that the school is safe and ready to receive students. So I can talk in a little bit more detail about what each of those parts entails, but the culmination of the whole process is what's called a letter to commence instruction. The Institute provides that to every school and it's required for every school to have that uh, before they begin instruction. Um, We usually provide it, you know, a week or so before, or even sometimes just a couple of days before the school is ready to open for the very first time. And I should note that the prior actions process happens in conjunction with a variety of other processes that are taking place uh, at the school building. Separate from the Institute, of course, every school must obtain a certificate of occupancy, and there are some other measures that need to be taken related to the state education department. Those are separate from the Institute, and we understand that uh, schools and school leaders are dealing with a lot in that pre-opening space and have a lot of requests being made of, of them. So we try to work really closely with schools to um, get as many of the prior actions process tasks completed before that final crunch um, and really just make sure that we're staying in communication with the schools so that we can support them through the process and make sure that everybody opens on time and the school's off to a strong start. Great. So let's let's try to dive into some of those individual pieces. Um, can you go a little bit more in depth about the, the, the pre-opening visit and its purpose? Sure. So the pre-opening visit takes place generally about two weeks before the school's first day of having students in the building. So we understand that some schools have a first day of instruction that is separate from an orientation or a welcome period. So we set, we ask schools to let us know when is the first day that you'll really fully have kids in the building full time, whether it's an orientation or instruction. Um, and we'll schedule the visit for about two weeks before that. A member or two of the institute team will coordinate a time with the members of the school's operations team or the school leader to determine when we can be on site. So you'll know when we're coming. It's not like a spot check. 
and we'll share with you well in advance, usually in the spring before the school opens, a really detailed list of all the things that we're going to be checking for on that visit. Everything from making sure that there is a lock on the nurse's file cabinet to making sure that the proper notices are in the proper places and that the fire extinguishers have been examined and approved by the appropriate authorities. It's a lot of um, really sort of nitty gritty things related to the physical plant and just making sure that the school is a safe space and is ready to receive and, and teach students. Like I said, we scheduled it about two weeks out. It's not a particularly intensive visit. It's not something where you need to anticipate a member of our team being on site for hours and hours. Typically, we can conduct these visits in 45 minutes to two hours. They tend to be relatively short. And again, assuming the school is on top of everything and has addressed all of the requirements that have been shared well in advance, it generally goes pretty smoothly. One thing to note is that occasionally when we conduct a pre-opening visit, inevitably uh, an item or two might have been overlooked or isn't quite ready yet. That's not uncommon. And as long as it doesn't you know, interfere with the safety of the building or with the teacher's ability to provide effective instruction to the students, it's not a situation where the Institute would tell a school that they can't open or would refuse to provide their letter to commence instruction if a few things were outstanding. Typically what will happen if that's the case is that we'll make a note of it and we'll share a letter uh, with the school indicating what specifically needs to be completed. If it's something related to the physical plant, we won't schedule another on-site visit. What we'll usually do is just ask the school to send us a picture of whatever has been fixed. So if there's a sign or a posting that was supposed to be in a classroom that wasn't there, we'll ask the school to just snap a photo of the sign having been put up and then we'll okay it. And we'll, again, we'll make the school's letter to commence instruction and make sure that they're ready to open. Only in very rare and extreme circumstances would it be possible that, you know, the Institute would refuse to uh, issue the letter to commence instruction and a school would be aware of that well in advance of the pre-opening visit. So usually it's a pretty, it's a, a pretty perfunctory thing and we go in there, we check everything and it, and it tends not to take a whole lot of time. So I assume a question a lot of our listeners, if they are new schools planning an opening, uh, would have was, what's the best way to prepare for this? Yeah, that's a great question. So the Institute shares with all schools that are opening and posts on our website, what's called uh, a prior actions guidance document. If for some reason schools can't find it or can't track it down, they can always email me or a member of the Institute team and we'll be happy to share that with them. This document details everything uh, that schools are required to do related to the prior actions process. So again, it's a two-phase process. It's the pre-opening visit, which we just discussed, and the submission of a number of pre-visit documents. It's important for schools to note that the pre-visit documents have two due dates. The majority of documents are due by July 5th, and these are all things that most schools have well in advance of their first day of operation, things like board bylaws, things related to their payroll, that type of thing. We have another set of documents that's due a little bit closer to the pre-opening visit, and most of this is because these things just take a little bit longer. So sometimes they'll have uh, schools, for example, will have um, teacher openings that haven't yet been filled, so we push things like the fingerprint results for those teachers out a little bit. So we'll ask for documents to be submitted by July 15th and then another set of documents a little bit farther down the road, closer to the pre-opening visit. To your question, the best way for schools to prepare is to just really familiarize themselves with the prior actions guidance document before it gets into the crunch in the summer when things can potentially get a little hectic and uh, there's a lot going on. Um, there are a number of documents that we request that most schools are in a position to be able to submit really early. For example, most schools have a school leader hired well in advance of the school's opening. Uh, we ask for a little bit of information related to that. 
all of these things are submitted via Epicenter. So we ask that schools go in there, you know, check their queue and to the extent possible, submit as many of those documents as possible um, well in advance of that July 15th deadline. The sooner we get things, the sooner the members of our team can review them. And if there happen to be any concerns on our end or if something's not quite complete or needs a little bit of additional information, we can return it in Epicenter and that gives the school a little bit of time to you know, correct whatever may need to be corrected and submit an updated document to us. So the main thing is really just to familiarize yourself with the prior actions guidance document. And again, we know there's lots of stuff going on in that pre-opening visit time. So we encourage schools to be in close communication with us. If they have questions about what's required from the prior actions guidance document, or they're not sure about something, or they have a concern or something's come up and they're confused, or honestly, you know, it's not, a, it's not unlikely that there may be something that's delayed for reasons that are outside of your control and you can't submit something by the July 15th deadline. We certainly don't want anybody to making, be making really important decisions in a crunch. So if you're concerned or have questions about it, the other big thing uh, I would say is to please contact us. If you're not sure who on the Institute team, you can always reach out to me. And if I can't answer your question related to the prior actions process, I can disseminate it to someone on the team who can. As with the new applications process, which we always tell people, you know, be in contact with us, the same wisdom holds true for the prior actions process. We just ask that folks be in communication with us, send us questions that they have, and just keep us informed about everything that's going on on their end throughout the process. Great. Uh, any final thoughts or anything to add before we go? No, I guess I would just, uh, I'll probably sound like a broken record at this point, but really familiarizing yourself with that prior actions guidance is the best way to go about things. There are also examples of these types of the documents that we ask for on our website. Um, and if you Google various things, different templates and, and ideas about, you know, how best to go about producing some of these documents like handbooks, um, exist, but we are happy to help point you in the right direction. So again, sounding like a broken record here, but be in touch with us. Don't ever hesitate to email me or a member of the Institute team. We're always really happy to help point schools in the right direction and make sure that they have the information that they need to have a really strong opening and, and support their students and families. Great. And that website is newyorkcharters.org. Thanks again, Maureen.